Tonight, to wrap up this series, you're not going to hear from, from any of the, the pastors or staff. You're going to hear from each other. Um, we've got, got four of you guys that are going to come up and share, three students and an intern. Uh, they're going to come up and share. Um, and I did not tell them which order uh, they were going in. And Shauna, is it okay if I volunteer you to go first? Ladies first? Yeah. So first we're going to hear from Shauna, you guys. Welcome, Shauna, to the front. I ask each of these four to just share, share, share briefly something God has challenged them with uh, that would bless you guys um, as we've gone through the journal, okay? So, um, yeah, Shauna, take it away. Okay. All right, so for those of you that read, have read or are reading the Love Dead Journal, or if you haven't, okay, it's from day 10, which is the one that kind of got stuck at for a while. If you're in my life group, you know this, because I'd probably say it every week. But anyway, um, so week 10, or day 10, is talking about abandoning, um, like, the lifestyle that we have here. And talking about um, that we have one life to give, and that one life as Christians is to give to Christ. Um, So I think a couple things I want to start with. A verse, Philippians chapter 1, verses... Uh, 21 through 24. I'm going to read it in the NASB version and then the message because I think the message kind of sums it up pretty good. But so it's Paul that's talking here. He says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this means that the fruit of the labor for me and I do not know which I choose. But I am hard pressing from both directions, having the desire to part and be with Christ, for that is very much better yet remain on the flesh is more necessary for your sake. And then the message version says, um, and I'm going to keep on celebrating because I know how it's going to turn out, though your faithful prayers and generosity, generous response of the Spirit of Christ and everything that you do through me will be done. I can hardly wait to continue on my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known regardless of whether I die or I live. They didn't shut me up. They gave me a pulpit. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his bounty. Life versus even more life I can't lose. Um, so when I study the Bible, I like to like break it down different versions. So I kind of read the message sometimes just to kind of see everyday speak, like what it's talking about. Um, and that was really challenging to me because a lot of times, like in America, we're not probably really actually called to die, I feel like, because you're not probably going to go out on campus and somebody's just going to be like, oh, you love Jesus, I'm going to kill you. Like, we don't face that here, but the missionaries that are talking about in this in the Live Dead Journal, like, those are the things they face every day. But we face some of those same trials um, because I know just going out on campus, it's hard to talk to people about your faith. Like, it's hard to be bold for Christ and not to feel ashamed and be like, I'm just going to sit over here and not talk about Jesus. Because it's a hard thing. And sometimes I like I have the question of why is it a hard thing? Because we have that freedom in America. Like, we have that freedom to talk about our religion and what we believe. But um, something God really has been challenging me is, like, caring what people think. It's because, like, I feel like I don't care sometimes but I know I do care because if I didn't care, then I would talk more about Christ to my friends. Because I know a lot of people on campus. I know a lot of lost people on campus. And I know a lot of times I'm not very bold to talk to them about what I believe. It's kind of like if, it, if they bring it up, I'll talk about it. But if they don't bring it up, then I'm not going to be the one that talks about it. 
Um, and the lady that wrote this chapter is a missionary to um, the Somalia people. And a couple things that she said that really stuck with me. Um, she said, we do not live free from the pressure. We feel watched. We always feel watched. Um, that kind of, that spoke to me a lot because even on campus, like, people that know we're Christians, they're watching us. When we're in class, like, they know you're a Christian. They're going to watch what you do. They're going to ra- watch how you react, how you talk about the professor, how you talk about, you know, this homework is this, or, you know, oh, I'm, everyone's talking about how they cheated on a test. Like, I had that discussion this morning. Everybody's like, oh, we cheated this today. And I'm just like, well, okay. They're like, oh, you don't cheat on tests? I'm like, no, because it's stealing and it's lying. And so I got to kind of talk about some of my classmates about, like, why I believe it's wrong, which was really encouraging. Um, I just talked to, like, three different people today about that. But... It was like, I'm going to say, well, I don't cheat because, like, Jesus says not to steal, not to lie. And those rules, like, they apply. And as a Christian, like, if I don't stand up for that, I'm like, I'll take the F before I cheat. Like, I would rather do that. Um, but, like, they're watching us. Like, they're going to watch you when you're outside of class. Even if you don't see them, they still see you. Um, and then something else she said was, I don't, think we, I don't think we pay too high of a price. I feel like what we do... What we can do is obey. I feel like what I can do is to trust God. I feel what I do is to walk with the Lord because we're all going to die in the end, but we have one life to give, and are we going to give it to Christ? Um, and that's something that really challenged me is, I mean, in the end, we are going to die. Like, it's not, we're not going to live on earth forever. So if we're not willing to give that as Christians, we say we love Jesus, but do we actually have that action to back up what we say? Um, and then another verse... is Matthew 16, 24 through 26. It says, And then Jesus came to his disciples and said, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life, he will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what is a man to profit if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or for what will a man give his give in exchange for his soul? Um, and like I think that verse 26 really is something that was speaking to me is what are we going to gain by denying Christ? Like, if we say we're Christians, and Jesus said, like, it says in the Bible that if we deny him before men, like, he'll deny us before his Father. So if we say we're Christians, but then we don't we don't profess that to people, like, what are we really gaining? Because in the end, the only thing that's going to matter is whether you have a relationship with Christ or not. Um, and, like, the challenge for this day was, uh, is Jesus really worth dying for? And are you willing to die for Jesus? And that's something like every Christian wants to be like, of course, you know, if Jesus said, you know, go here, you know, and be willing to die. But do we really live that way? Do we really live as though we're Christians? Do we really live on campus? Um, are we really able to, like, people are be able to look at us and be like, they really are a Christian. They're really living out their faith. They're not just saying it. And they're not just saying, hey, come to Chi Alpha. And then we go live however we want to. Because once you invite them, you, I feel like sometimes you, like, you put that target on your back. Like They're going to be watching you, and they're going to know, hey, they keep talking about this Christian thing that they go to, but they're not acting like Christians, so why would I want to go waste my Thursday night or whatever time of your life? Or why would I want to go waste my Tuesday afternoon listening to you talk about Jesus if you can't even live for him? Um, so that's kind of something God's really, really <laughs> been speaking to me. Um, and like the last thing was, if you knew you would die tonight, how would you live today? Um, so I guess, like, my encouragement is just 
try to live, like we can't do it ourselves, it has to be Jesus that does it through us, but live as though you really, like if you were going to die, because, I mean, we don't know we could, because life or death usually is unexpected, you don't plan it, especially in college, like the last thing we're thinking about is whether we're going to die tonight, but if you live as though Christ really, you know, he could call you home tonight, so are you really living that way, and that's something that he's really just been encouraging me with. Come on, Nick, come up next. Uh, man, that, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Shauna. Uh, yeah, we're not we're not guaranteed tomorrow. I hope you guys each have like 60, 70 healthy years left in you. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not guaranteed that. So, man, let's, let's live today. Let's live tonight. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you guys don't know Nick. Nick graduated last year. He's, he's on... Uh, Interning with us on staff with us this year, uh, giving back and ask him to come and share. He's talking about humility, right? Um, yeah, so you guys listen to me. Yeah, a stopwatch going, so then I'll talk all night, y'all. So, not, um, when I, right after I got my first uh, teaching certificate, it was a teaching program, and they're like, Nick, your students absolutely love you. But there's times when they just absolutely do not get what you're talking about, where you're coming from. And this was teaching for 45 minutes a day um, for about four days a week to people who whose English first language was not English. So you really kind of had to bring it just right to kind of get them um, to, you know, not you had to be at their level. You didn't really bring them to your level per se. So I wear some different hats. I'm Nick the teacher. I'm Nick the DJ. I'm Nick the photographer. But that doesn't mean anything whatsoever to, to if you try to take different skill sets and put them in different ones. Um, so what is so, when I was reading the day on humility, uh, and the, the first verse they have here is, uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others, which comes from Philippians 2.3. This particular day stuck out at me at first because it's talking from somebody who did, uh, who was a college professor, but ended up going completely overseas through all those certificates and degrees and whatever, um, What's the word that professors get after however many years we can't fire them? Tenure. Tenure. If you had that, you threw all that away. I was like, hmm, you know, that might be kind of a path I'm on. Could I give that up one day? And then I got to the challenge, and the, I looked at the first time, and I was like, okay, so a Turkish believer, humility index. Um, well, I'll read you out the challenge. It took me a couple times. It says, a Turkish believer who spoke at the third Lausanne Congress our world evangelism said that he judges missionaries by a humility index. If they are humble, he prays that they stay and are used mightily. If they are not, he prays God takes them away from Turkey to trouble their own people back home. And I read that. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. What's the challenge? So I'll look at it again. And then I saw what the challenge was. See if you can make it for a week without referencing yourself or anything you have done, both in conversations or writing. And people ask me all the time how my day went, uh, how are you doing? I was like, so how did that, how can I at least spin that about towards other people, especially how we can serve each other? 
And uh, one example was I was having some family troubles uh, last week and uh, was talking to Rebecca for a little while. And instead of saying, I talked to her for two hours, I said that she listened to me for two hours. And that pretty much just switched like the entire perspective about how at least, you know, not only do you kind of, even if you're talking about yourself or in some things, it gives you kind of the opposite view of like you are serving somebody else or somebody is serving you. So that gives you the chance to serve others with the same regard. So the other verses I found on the matter um, were in Mark 10, which said, y'all bear with me just for a moment. Where Jesus says that you know that those who are considered rulers of the, of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you, you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So for me, that just means that your life is essentially yours from God to serve others with. And in kind of the other um, verse that Paul says in 1 Corinthians, it's where in chapter 9, and he's talking about kind of the people that he's serving. And he says to the Jews... He's going to be a Jew, and he's going to lay all his rights so that even though he is free, he can still follow the Jewish laws to be um, so that they, he can share Christ with them. And he says he can, do, he can win those who don't have the law. To those who are weak, he became weak. That was to win the weak. He has become all things to all people so that in all possible ways I might save some I do all of that because of the good news, and I want to share in its blessings. And the message even gets crazier than that, because it's the message. Even though I'm free of the demands and of expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralists, loose-living immoralists. The defeated, the demoralized, whoever, I didn't take on their way of life. I keep my bearings in Christ. I entered into their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I met into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just to want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. So I kind of thought about my uh, DJ career and uh, taking pictures and I felt like if you don't really try to share Christ with different groups of people, you're the DJ who's either A, just playing your own music, not paying any attention to the crowd, or worse, just living, listening to it on your headphones and like you could keep Christ to yourself. Or even worse, somebody who's supposed to take pictures of other people but sits there and takes selfies the whole day. And so kind of my message to you, uh, just to don't necessarily compare yourselves to others and different things, but think about who you're trying to reach. Humble yourselves, even if you have a really cool story to tell them that might entertain them, but if it's not really going to build them up and your focus isn't going to be on them, 
is pretty much worthless. Very good, Nick. Two more. Got two gentlemen coming that mean a lot to me. Uh, I'm going to hear from Devante first. Devante's going to talk about having integrity in our speech, the way we speak to one another. My shoes are going to be sticky after tonight from all these little candy crumbs from the lollipop game. That's all good. I'm just going to sweep that up when we're done. Yeah, it can go a lot lower. Look at that. Perfect. <laughs> Guys, my name's Devante. And basically, I've had the duty of talking about day seven in the Live Dead Journal about integrity and speech. But before I get to it, um, the way I set my life group up, because this is the way I set it up, like the people in my life group will be familiar with this because I spoke about this Monday. But basically, the way I like to have my life group set up is that I like to actually talk about life, whereas instead of having a Bible verse and then centering around that, I like to just pretty much get to know the people and actually have a conversation because that actually makes the people in the life group feel a lot more comfortable in them. And I'm going to focus on one Bible verse in this whole thing, and the reason for that is because this is like a core thing that actually spoke out to me. And before we get to it, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. Raise your hand if you've ever said something or done something without considering someone else's feelings. Pretty much everybody. Okay. Now raise your hand if you have any regrets in life. If you have any regrets in life. Everybody again. Now raise your hand if you've ever said or done something that you wish you could pretty much erase from your life, but now you can. So it's safe to say that everybody has done something that they later regretted. Okay. Now. I want to tell a little story about myself that has to do with this now. This happened about last year, I think. I was hanging, studying in Starbucks with a couple of my friends, and I was really having a really bad day. Like, I forgot what set me off, but that was like the worst one that I was ever in. And I was having a conversation with one of them, telling about one of my classes. And my other friend sort of like heard what I was saying, and they made like this random comment and I could not tell whether or not they were kidding or serious but it just set me off in my head that I didn't know whether or not to take it seriously or not but since I was in a bad mood I just took the lower road and assumed that they were trying to come at me and I said something along the lines of going back <laughs> All right, backstory. This friend had recently failed a class, and that was something that they were really getting over, but I really wasn't considering it. And this thing I said to them, because I remembered that, was maybe you should worry about passing the class that you failed instead of coming at me. Ooh. And that's pretty much the worst thing that I've ever said to any friend. And that was like the last thing that I expected to do in my life because it's somebody that I actually really care about in life, and I really hurt their feelings to the point where they got up and left without saying anything. And immediately after that happened, I just felt so low. And that's just something that I keep in mind anytime where I speak to somebody in life because I never want to do that to anybody else again. So the Bible verse that this is going to be about is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it might benefit those who listen. Now that's basically saying... 
don't say anything that pretty much puts people down. Stay positive. Say something that will actually help them in life, you know? And that verse actually reminds me of a catchphrase a certain somebody <laughs> lives by encouraging and uplifting words. And that's actually something that we should all take heed of and actually take seriously because that's the biblical way that God wants us to live. Just say encouraging and uplifting words. And that's something that we take for granted every day. And the first thing that I said in response to this journal entry was, we really don't stop and think about what we're talking about before we do it. It's a shame since most of us don't know how powerful our words are can be to others, regardless of the intent behind them. Now, how can we apply this to our everyday lives? So basically, you obviously have to change your mindset whenever you go into something. Regardless of how you feel about somebody and what they may have done to you, you always have to keep that thought in the back of your mind, what would Jesus do? Not what would I do, not what would Jay do, not what would Juan or Lily or Shauna do, but what would Jesus do? Jesus would take the high road and actually think of something that would uplift that moment instead of just bashing them, instead of just saying something out of spite to hurt their feelings, which is what we do every day in our bases. Even if it's not every day, we eventually come to that point where we just disregard everything that God's ever told us and we just go against his word. And that's something that everybody, including me, still needs to work on. But it's okay because Jesus forgives everybody for any of their sins. And all we can do in the end of the day is just try our hardest to just live in his image. Bless you. Thank you. The guy who wrote this entry, his name is Scott Hansen. He did some missionary work in Tanzania. And he talked about how he had the same situation with a colleague. In layman's terms, like basically he had he was talking to one of his friends and his friends was like complaining about how one of his colleagues, his missionary friends, was just saying something that Scott didn't really agree with. So he just told his friend to take anything he said with uh how do you say it? With a grain of salt. And basically his friend ran and told his boss what he had said, but he over exaggerated it to the point where he said don't take him seriously. And that sounds really familiar to everyday life because we have plenty of times where we tell, just rant to our friends about something that we have a problem with one of our friends or throwing shade, how we like to call it. And that friend will run to somebody else or whoever you're talking to and then just make it overboard to what it actually was. And then that causes problems and that ends friendships, which is what we, the last thing that we want to do. And that's basically what happened to him. And he addresses some key points to keep in mind to how we can adapt to everyday life using this message. One of them is that we should be, that whatever conversation that we're having should be according to their needs. Meaning basically that you should keep note of whatever they're going through in life and maybe you should think about maybe they're going through something with their family or to something personal. Maybe there's a reason that they're speaking these words, but you shouldn't just brush them off like it's nothing, like you don't care about it, actually help them. Actually just say something positive. Maybe you'll change their life for the better because there are times where we say something that we don't even remember like the next day. And then the next week, something bad happened to that person just because of that little thing that you said. So that's just something to keep in mind. And the other thing that I found interesting is that he said, finally, we need to be concerned about our conversations effect on the listener. Just because you're talking to somebody doesn't mean that nobody else is listening. Regardless of what we think, even as leaders especially, 
everybody's listening to everything that you do, regardless whether they try to or not. That's something that me personally being a fraternity that I've learned pretty hard that I need to really watch what I do and say because people actually know that I'm president of this Christian organization. They see that and they base my actions and automatically judge everybody based on what I do. And that happens with any other leader or anybody who goes to Chi Alpha and the people who go to the BCM, the Catholic Center, SOMA. That's something that we all have to do and that's hard for us as Christians. But in the end, None of that should matter because what does matter at the end of the day is what God thinks of us. And I want to end on a quick note that what would it look like if everyone actually chose their words wisely in life? Maybe life would be a better place. Like what if Donald Trump actually chose his words wisely? Maybe people would actually like him a lot more. Or what about the Christian that comes to this campus and just spreads words of hate in the name of God, which is a contradiction in itself. He's come here for the last two years, and I've always felt the need to actually express myself towards him, but I was always too scared to because I didn't know anything in the Bible. That's still a problem that I'm having personally, is actually brushing up on remembering Bible verses. But every day, I just live by baby steps. And basically, I just feel like the people like that really give Christians a bad name, but you can say that about any group of people, just because they're bad crops doesn't mean that the whole flock is bad. They're just inconveniences that we need to overcome and show people that that's not what we're actually about. We need to show them the actual true meaning of being a Christian and living by the Bible. And my last comment is God always forgives, but never forgets. Great job. Great job, Devante. Our last speaker, I'm so excited that he's sharing that I decided I'd wear the exact same shirt as him and support. Um, you guys welcome from Chris Weiner. about last speaker tonight, uh, sharing about... It's one of the last days in the journal uh, talking about forgiveness, right? Yep. All right, take it away, Chris. Me and Matt are also wearing the same underwear, but you, you, guys, you guys aren't allowed to see that. That is not for your eyes to see. Okay. We share everything in Kyle. Okay, so has anybody here been hurt like physically, mentally, emotionally? Have you felt personally victimized by Regina George? Okay. So most of you guys have been hurt by somebody. Me too. Have you hurt other people? Because I definitely have a lot. A lot. So, bad things happen. We do bad things. Other people do bad things to us. It just happens. And you see something bad happen to somebody else and you go, could I forgive that person if they did it to me? And you think, oh yeah, yeah, I could. But in reality, could you really forgive that? I... I try to be a loving person. I try to do good things. I try to forgive people. And if I get hurt by someone, I'll forgive them. But do I really forgive them in my heart? I'll say, yeah, I forgive you. It's fine. But what am I feeling? Am I still feeling that, that grudge, that, that aching in your heart that's just saying, no, this isn't right. Something's going wrong. So, yeah, we get mad. We get upset. And sometimes we take that out on other people. And then we need them to forgive us. And it's just a cycle that goes on and on and on. So, 
yeah, we hold on to those grudges. We hold on to those bad things. And I think, I think back at moments in my life where I've either hurt others or others have hurt me, and I'm thinking, was I able to truly forgive someone before I came to Christ? And looking back on it, no, I couldn't. Like, uh, I'm going to be a little personal with you guys. Uh, me and my brother do not have the best relationship. Yeah, the guy I live with. Um, <laughs> we did not have the best relationship growing up, and it took me a while to forgive some of the things that has happened to us. So, I mean, I'd say, yeah, I forgive you, yeah, I still love you, but in my heart, I was still feeling anger, I was still feeling hurt and heartache. So, uh, one moment that really spoke out to me was at one of Believing Church's first services. It was called the F-bomb. The F stood for forgiveness, by the way. Um, because the effects of forgiveness is like a bomb. It just makes that huge impact. So that really spoke on my heart. And I can't remember if this was... I think this might have been like a couple of days after I'd become a Christian. So it was like really big to me uh, that I was able to forgive. And the main message that I got from that was, how can we forgive other people if we haven't been forgiven ourselves? So after I came to Christ, you know, I was able to forgive, I was able to be forgiven for what I've done uh, against God, against other people, and I just felt this peace in my heart that now I was able to forgive others because I know what it feels like to be forgiven. So, all these things we feel when we are hurt by others, this, it's caused by little petty things, envy, jealousy, our own insecurities, and that causes us to you know, get mad at people and not forgive them. So what I want to challenge you guys with is to, over the break or over the rest of your lives, <laughs> think, about, think about these times where you've been hurt by somebody and maybe you've said you've forgiven them, but you haven't forgiven them in your heart. So look back on that. Think, are you jealous of them? Were, are, do they do something better than you do? Are you jealous? Are you insecure about your own self? Um, just think about that and ask God to forgive you. Ask God to say, you say to God. Ask God and say, is what I meant to say. I just keep saying say. I'm going to stop saying say. Right after I say this next part. <laughs> um, so you ask God to save you from these things. Say, God, I don't want to be envious. I don't want to be jealous. I don't want to be insecure because I know I'm perfect in you. So, last but not least, I have a little verse for you guys. It's Colossians 3.13, and it says, Bear with each other, and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Easy, right? But the important part is right here. He says, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And that's tough. We've done a lot of things that God is not very happy about, but He forgives us because He loves us. So, treat other people with the love that God showed you guys. And your life will be a lot better. Wasn't that good? Yeah. Man, you guys did a fantastic job. I want to do that more. Uh, I didn't know we had like world class, high quality speakers. And you know, I need to take advantage of some. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Man, make sure you tell those guys and tell, tell them that their words of encouragement encourage you. Um, so that kind of wraps up our, our series. If you're not done with the Live Dead Journal, I mean, keep and you know, stay in it. You've got you've got the break. You've got however long it takes you to get through it. It's going to be worth it. 
Um, it's going to be worth it. Um, and it has a, th- those last chapters are, are, are powerful. Um, as you have ideas about it, man, throw it, in, throw it in the group me, share it with one another. Um, and even if you're still like way back in the you know, s- single digit days uh, and you come across something that's like, man, God really spoke to me. Man, we want to know, right? Do we want to know? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so cha- challenge us. Um, man, man, share, share it with one another. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're wrapping it up and we're already kind of looking ahead towards the summer, maybe doing, so there, there's several Live Dead different different books and projects and journals. We're looking at doing, uh, there, there's another one possibly as like a summer reading project. Is that something you guys would be interested in doing? Um, so I'm going to be looking to hold it, 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 get another another case of those books. Um, and the bar, I think I feel like it, for as a fellowship, as a ministry, our takeaway um, from our time in this book, I know you guys, some of you guys are still in the thick of it, but, but, but our takeaway from doing this series, doing Live Dead together, I would like us to be uh, that kind of ministry um, where all these different things we've been talking about um, are at work in, in us. And when people look at, um, at someone that's involved in Kyle, but they see someone that has, man, man their speech is edifying and encouraging. Uh, their speech is humble. It's not about them, but it's about Jesus, and it's about, man, the needs of the people around them. You know, when, 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 they're, when they're sharing, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're quick, to, quick to forgive. You know, they're, they're, they're quick to make it right. Um, and and, and they're, they're ones that are they're living totally abandoned to God. Abandoning the things of this life, dead to the, the things of this life, the things that this culture fights over, wars over, things people are, are out there killing each other for, uh, arguing about the things this, this world wants to grab for, power and wealth and authority and influence, uh, popularity, all these things that man, people are out there killing each other for, killing themselves for, that we say, man, I don't care about any of those things. I just want to know Jesus. I just want a relationship with God. I want to be used by God. And I want us to be that kind of ministry where we're just dead to all those things. Those things uh, are, are dead to us. We don't care about them. We value our relationship with the Lord. and We value the community we have here. We want to love on our brothers and sisters, be there for our brothers and sisters, and be that kind of healthy community that when someone steps in, uh, they can feel instantly welcomed, instantly loved, um, and be welcomed into the family of God. Amen? Uh, so a big part of the emphasis of, of the Live Dead Journal is a constant focus on missions. Um, and I'm just going to ask Bowling. I've not heard specifically from any of you guys. I don't know that Jackie has any either. But in your time praying through and reading through this journal, what do you want to say that they may feel a little bit of a call to missions or feel like maybe God's pointed them in that way? Um, part, of Kalfa, part of Kalfa culture uh, is intertwined. Part of Kalfa DNA is intertwined with foreign missions. You know, encouraging every student uh, to uh, every student to at some point in their college career go on a short-term mission trip. Uh, encouraging every student to pray for missionaries and every student to give in some kind of way sacrificially towards uh, missions and towards towards uh, the missionary work that God's doing across all over the world. And so, uh, you know, one of the things we pray uh, and, and hope that every single one of you guys do is get to experience some kind of foreign missions trip uh, d- during your four, some of you guys five, six, seven years with us. Um, we're, go- we're taking a team of students. We have about 10, 12 students signed up to go down to the Dominican Republic this August. That'll be an awesome taste for that. But also pray. You know, say, God, uh, man, I'm graduating in a couple of years. Uh, you know, God, God, would you have me, before I step into my career, um, God, would you have me spend some time on the foreign mission field? You know, or, or would you guys consider giving a year to missions before you step into your career? Kind of giving that to God as a sacrifice. Saying, God, you know, before I step into my career, before I get married, before I step into having a family, all those adult responsibilities, God, I'm just going give, to give, give one year of my life, 12 months to the foreign mission field, uh, going and telling people about Jesus somewhere that they don't know. 
Um, give a year, pray about a lifetime. That's, that's the encouragement, you know, from, from National Kyle down to you guys. Give, give a year to missions. Pray if God would call you into a life, uh, a lifetime of missions. I mean, I was, I was a Kyle student just like you guys uh, way too many years ago. Way too many years ago. I graduated college in 2004, so you guys can do the, do the backwards math there. Um, and, and, and it was, man, it was, it was sitting in a seat like, like you guys. It was, it was in a Kyle ministry like you guys that God... God called me to give my life to missions, give my life to reaching people uh, with the gospel, reaching people with the love of Jesus. And I believe God, God can call some of you guys. Uh, be sensitive to that. Ask the Lord. Say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? i got this major. or Some of us have three. You know, I've got, I've got this thing in my mind that I, that I think I want to do. I've got this career that I think would be really cool to do. But, God, I'm going to hold that not tightly. I'm going to hold that loosely. God, what do you want? God, what do you want? You know, I have this thing I think I want to do. But, God, what do you, what do you want with my life? Maybe you call me to missions. Maybe you call me to the ministry. Maybe you'd have me set that aside for a little bit to go, go give some time in missions, and, and then and you'll bring me back to that. I don't know. Um, but, but whatever your plans are, man, I really encourage you, hold that loosely and seek the Lord. God, what do you want for my life? What do you want for my life? There's, uh, there's a book uh, that we'll sometimes use in the discipleship class, uh, Leroy Imes' book, Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be. Uh, and there's a story in there. Um, about and you guys, you guys, you guys, send me up a classmate for me share this story before about about a dad that takes his uh, son to the bicycle shop uh, to buy him a bicycle for his birthday. Um, and they go in the bicycle shop and there is like a bajillion different bikes, or, you know, hundreds of different different bikes. And he's asking the kid, you know, son, what what bike what bike do you want? I'll, you know, I'll buy you a bike. What bike do you want? And the kid, I man, he, he doesn't know from bikes, right? And so I'm sure they've got like. $3,000 bikes. I had a friend that was like, did, did the triathlons, and he had like a $2,000, $3,000 something dollar bike. However much you want to pay, like they'll, they'll give you a bike for that amount. And then they've got bikes that are like in the, well, probably $50 to $100 range. And, and I'm sure if I, from the dad's perspective, I'm like, which one is he going to, which he's going to pick? Um, he, he asked his son, you know, you know, so which of these bikes, which of these bikes would you like? And the son's response was, he doesn't know bikes, right? Said, Whatever you think's best, dad. Whatever you think's best. And whatever, whatever bike you think is best for me, then that's the bike I'm going to be happy with. Um, I remember the first time I read that passage, and it was like a, you know, just, just man, the Holy Spirit really got a hold of my heart, my heart in that moment. To, and do, do I approach God that way? Or am I telling God I want this and this and this? Or am I just holding my life loosely and being like, Dad, whatever you think's best. You know, you know what's best for me anyway. You know a lot better than me. The best kind of life I could have, the best kind of relationships I could have, best kind of career. Uh, and approach God in that kind of way, whatever you think's best, whatever you think's best. If you're willing to die uh, to whatever your plans are, whatever your dreams are, I promise God's got so much better, so much better lined up for you. And if we're willing to die to all these different things we've touched on during the Live Dead Journal that trip us up, that bog us down, the life of Jesus uh, can be a lot more fully realized in us. Amen?